0: Welcome back to another episode of Cart Overflow, the no-fluff podcast for e-commerce marketers. Today, we catch up with Matt Lady. He's at a very exciting moment in his journey as he's about to launch his new brand, Civitas. I initially came across Matt because he's very active on Twitter, adds a lot of value, shares his process and journey in launching his own e-commerce brand. But not too long ago, Matt was where many of us have been. Without an idea of what to sell, no audience to sell to, but an itch to start something. Fast forward nine months to today, and Matt is officially launching his new brand, so it's a super exciting point. He's already sold through some product, which are graphic tees for the direct-to-consumer community. In this episode, Matt shares how he overcame these personal challenges and struggles to launch his niche brand how he built his audience from scratch and built hype for his pre-launch, and how Matt finds success using paid ads to increase repeat purchases and lifetime value. So I hope you really enjoy this episode. There's a lot here, so let's start. All right. Hey, everybody. Thank you and welcome. And today we have Matt Lady from Civitas. And today is a really special day, actually, because I think it's the day before. Last I checked is about 12 hours from the launch of Civitas. So, have Matt here today and thought that we could learn a little bit more about the process of what he's going through to launch and how he actually came up with the idea. Matt, thanks for joining.
1: Thanks a lot. I really appreciate it. Um, Excited to be here.
0: Yeah. So, I did want to start with a tweet. You're active on Twitter and you have a lot of interesting content for DTC and e commerce folks. And it went something along the lines of things are really great now. I'm excited, trying not to be too ecstatic about it. However, nine months ago, things were very different. So can you just kind of walk us back to where you were at nine months ago, what you were doing and what your state of mind was? Yeah, man. Um,
1: That, yeah, that tweet was short and brief, but is quite impactful and got a lot of attention last year. I was going through a lot mentally and physically, a lot of mental health challenges and struggles, and I wasn't fulfilled with my current job and was not in a great spot and was recovering from two herniated discs from powerlifting. So no no state of mind uh, part of my life, physical, mental, emotional was really there. It was all bad. And so I was luckily enough able to quit that job, focus on my physical therapy and health and go to like mental therapy and start freelancing. And that would, that got the ball rolling and got me headed in the right direction. And I'm just very grateful and happy and in a much better space than I was last year. And because I started freelancing, I was able to meet, have people have connections, get more opportunity. And capital, quite frankly, to like actually start my own brand, which is something I always wanted to do, but wasn't sure what that was uh, and what that looked like, but now right. I, have enough, I have an idea now. So.
0: Super exciting and congrats. And that's really great to hear that you came back and bounced back. In terms of your freelancing though, just for context, it was marketing specifically paid ads acquisition.
1: That's right. Paid social, even more niche within uh, customer acquisition. Uh, So Facebook and Instagram, I worked with small clients spending two to 5,000 a month, all the way up to 150 grand a month. So quite a wide range in all sorts of different niches and industries. I didn't have a specialty of, oh, I work with skincare or makeup or anything that particular. It was uh, across a wide variety like that.
0: Right. But specifically e-commerce or SaaS as well?
1: Specifically e-commerce awesome. for freelancing. Yeah. The, when I was working at a few different agencies before it was quite mixed, but once I
0: started freelancing, it was strictly e-commerce and D2C. Yep. Awesome. So you kind of found your way towards what product you wanted to sell. You ended up on Civitas. There's a lot of mystery there. The landing page There's not a whole lot in terms of product. I know just because I, I, dug in a little bit but can you describe a little bit of the niche that you're targeting and the product that you're selling with Civitas?
1: Right right so it's been on so Civitas originated back in April of 2020 finally had an idea and it was an idea a phrase a reference for like a graphic t-shirt and I'm like huh that sounds funny that sounds cool like wonder if anyone has thought of this before and I went looked it up and I was like yeah there's not really anything there and then i looked in further there's not really too many people doing graphic tees for our community in our niche and it's not super big but i'm like there's no brand doing it there's a few designs and some cool ones on like teespring and these other like print on demand stores but there's no brand that is kind of stepping in owning that space that i found in my research so it's graphic tees for the d2c community And there's some that are more text-based, some are more graphic and design-oriented. And the first launch, which is, again, tomorrow, like you said, is a lot. There's eight designs. There should be nine, but we can get into that later. And a lot of them are, because of my experience, are heavily focused on media buying specifically. So it's a niche within a niche. And within D2C, it's within the
0: ad buying. So you made a a significant investment in the design part of it. Also, in terms of inventory, sounds like you're not doing print on demand that you actually decided outright, I will buy X number of product of this many SKUs of eight different designs.
1: Yeah, that's right. I I got into D2C and e-commerce like media buying. So I was really focused on that and I know that space pretty good, but just operations and logistics, and especially with t shirts, there's in products, there's so much that goes into it. So, my initial, when I came up with the idea, I researched and I was like, well, print on demand would be much easier <laughs> logistically because they fulfill it. I don't have to buy inventory up front. But the more and more I looked into it, and what I found is that generally, generally speaking, screen printing is typically a higher quality and lasts longer than the print on demand. So if anyone wants to refute me, please, that's fine. Like there's just, that's what I found in people I spoke with and all that. So I made like the decision, like you said, I started with 50 shirts of each design. So not huge, but that's 450 shirts and no one could look at it beforehand and like buy one ahead of time.
0: And so what's the strategy there where you're, doing things behind the scenes. People can't really see, but on your Facebook page, you do have the designs, but you're not really pre-selling anything. And you've waited until August 12th to actually launch. What's your strategy there?
1: So there was a bit of a pre-sale time and it, it just recently got taken down. I did have a little bit of a, like early access pre-sale list. And so that email list got to about hundred people. So I'm not large, but not, it's not like my 10 closest friends, like, right. It's, there's some interest there. And I was keeping people up to date with the designs as I came up with as they were designed and I released them, but not actually, I didn't have the shirts yet until actually a few weeks ago. So I wanted to own the whole experience from design. It's a local screen printer and like go pick up the shirts and pack the orders myself and learn that whole process. And I could surprise and delight if I wanted to and like handwritten notes and all that, the things that don't scale later, wanted to just own it and learn it for myself first. And so I did have a bit of action before launch tomorrow. And so between some freebies to friends and mentors, I actually had one bulk order come through with an agency I've worked with before of like 22 shirts. And then another quite several dozen let's just put it that way more orders pre-sale and some use the vip discount code and some just wanted to buy it straight out so there is a little bit of hype and interest in so people are starting to post like they've got their shirts and they're sharing it so that's really cool it's it's just really neat experience also like i made that like it's that's that's my product on people and they bought it it's totally. just different it's just much different than when i'm running ads for clients and i'm just like not as close to the product
0: Totally. How did you actually start? So you're at zero. You got the idea. How did you build your list to a hundred?
1: I had been building my, I don't It's weird to say like following on Twitter for the last year. I was at 90 followers, January, 2019. And that was left over from like high school and like college of like sports and video games. It wasn't even like D2C ce ecom related. I found D2C Twitter and all these great people here, and just started posting and asking questions and learning. And over time, the more time I invested into it, and as the like the more I got out of it, it was cool. So I had before, when I started promoting the pre-sales, the like, VIP list emails, I was around 900 followers. So now I'm at like 1,200 or so. So I've gained Twitter following and the, the email access. I would just say, hey, like join now, get get on the list, you get the designs before everyone else. And you actually get a discount code and early access to buy before launch. And I literally didn't even have the site ready yet well, like done. So for the bulk order, I had to do a type form. So I got every, and another like twist to this, people aren't at offices mostly. A lot of people are working from home. So the agency that did a bulk order, I can't just send all, I didn't want to send all 22 shirts to them and then they deal with logistics. So I got all their info and then shipped it out to each one of them. And that was through type form and then I input it into Shopify later. So the pre-sales, I finally opened up once the site was mostly done and I heavily warned, Hey, still work in progress. You can, you can buy now, like it's fine. It'll work and go through. I have the shirts. But just like, just know that it's not perfect. Like if there's things missing or typos or like not, my post-purchase flows aren't dialed in perfectly and all that. And people didn't seem to care. They're just like, cool, I'll buy a shirt. So um, a little bit of a mix there on the pre, pre-hype, pre pre sale strategy.
0: I think part of that's because you have been sharing your journey on Twitter, right? So there's the vulnerability, there's the transparency and authenticity so there is people are they feel like they're part of the journey particularly because as you mentioned it's a relatively tight small niche and people know each other and so maybe that's where some of the forgiveness comes or or the excitement which i think is really cool
1: yeah definitely i think i was okay with being not perfect and again perfect is like Never achievable and relative, in it's relative, and it's always going to be adapting and changing over time. The site will make adjustments, but I'm like, and just to be transparent and frank, like I was still freelancing the whole last, last few months, and I still am today. And I had planned on a f- around $5,000 worth of deals coming in that were guaranteed, and they, they didn't. So my cash flow, $5,000 went missing. And for me, Investing into this project. In the grand scheme of things, it's not a ton, but having that be a, another part of just go missing at the last second, I'm like, okay, well, maybe I just opened it up and start making some money back right away and like keep it going rather than keep holding on. And that way I can get some UGC and reviews and like feedback so far. So that helped with my cash flow and confidence that this idea is gonna work out.
0: E-commerce is gonna be capital intensive regardless, but if you bootstrap it, you front the cost for a really good graphic designer, the 450 shirts, you're out. It, It takes you a little bit of time to make that back. So it's hard and kudos to you for doing it. At what point do you say, yeah, this is a success I can see expanding into more designs, into other product lines. Uh, like, w- where is your growth trajectory that you say this is where I want to be in X number of months? Yeah,
1: man, it's it's a great question. It's something I should probably be thinking about, but it's the day before launch. <laughs> and I just want to make sure everything goes as smooth as possible for tomorrow. So, it for me, I, I have, some of the sizes are sold out already on some designs, but the Interest and hype. And once people I don't know started buying them, that's when I knew I was like, okay, there's something here. I haven't actually done any paid ads yet. And that's like, that is my thing. So I'm generating this attention and hype all organically. So that was, there's something
0: here. I don't, to the scale in which it will get. Can you put on your freelancer hat for a minute, though? And just to give yourself some arm's length from the product. So if say a freelance client came to you where a niche t-shirt brand, our product is 30 bucks, you know, it it costs us 15 bucks to manufacture and ship. And we want to use paid ads to scale. It's, it's hard because your AOV is going to be probably around 30 bucks and you have limited money to spend. How would you approach that type of problem?
1: Yeah, no, it's a freaking great question, and um, I'll do my best to <laughs> come at it from Civitas founder Matt and and be freelancer Matt. Um, with those specific numbers you mentioned, if it was fifteen in cost and thirty for the price, you're you have to raise the AOV. There's no way you can acquire a customer sustainably and at scale at that ten or five to 10, like CPA target, like there's no way. So I wouldn't take them on and I wouldn't take me on as a client. I didn't even start yet. Like I don't have the budget wouldn't be high enough for them to like charge their normal fee or even worse, which I've seen sometimes happen to people in the industry. The fee outweighs the budget number. And it's like, that blows my mind that like people do that, both on the brand side and the freelancer or agency side. So I wouldn't take me on as a client right now. Luckily, my numbers are a little healthier and different than that. So for even on one-off t-shirts, like if someone just buys one, I have more wiggle room. And then I'm looking into things like buy three for 80 bucks rather than three for 96. So you're losing a little bit of profit on each one, but you're sh- pushing them that way to the higher AOV, right? Also, for now, I'm doing free shipping, but I might play around with making that threshold at 50 bucks, at $75 and trying to push the AOV up that way too. For me, the interest in conversion is the highest priority because I'm not going to just light, like pour all this fire on like gasoline with paid ads right away i'm gonna go as organic as possible um not because it's a challenge to me but just because of finances sure
0: yeah interestingly i think it was yesterday facebook announced that they're going to allow sponsored posts in groups which is perfect for you you can find however many shopify or e-commerce groups and then definitely get in front of the, the right audience yes Absolutely.
1: That would be, that'd be huge. And there's some, luckily I've, I've done a little bit of research already, even though I haven't run ads yet, there's some pretty cool interests that are big enough and available to target. And again, like this is relatively niche. I can't, I'm not going to scale this, I think to like any absurd amount. There's a finite number of e-commerce in D 2 C related people. There's only so many jobs and brands like that so that my customer base is not like nike or some other much broader brand so the riches are in the niches so we will those that groups will be very interesting to see
0: yeah is twitter then one of your main channels like more of an organic approach you've created a a following and it's not just a vanity metric but real like 1200 people that you've engaged with so that's your audience and then Using Twitter as your channel?
1: Is yeah, kind of like a- organically, definitely Twitter for sure. And just even on the Shop Civitas account, there that's at 100 followers too. So that's kind of neat. I'm not going to do paid Twitter ads. I just have never had success with Twitter ads. Again, I, I have all the other organic channels, but my end focus will be Twitter and then Slack groups as well. There's an interesting one that we're both in and how we connected and I'm in talks with people to do partnerships and sponsorships and more like that approach and even sponsoring newsletters or podcasts. And so that is paid, but it's not Facebook paid uh, direct one-to-one because there's, and this is tough for me to say as a performance marketer before um, now trying to be a brand owner, there's some level of brand awareness that needs to happen. And I hated that term before, but now like, I get it. Like I just do need to get this in front of people, whether it's for them or that they see it and share it with a friend or buy a gift for their, a a person, their, their coworker. So there, there is more channels. I'm actually trying to save paid for last just because of, again, my, my financial situation I'm in and slight challenge to like expand my horizons and not just rely on Facebook to build a brand. Yeah.
0: I think that's a smart move, but you are a a Facebook expert paid, paid social. So I'd love to learn a little bit more about your strategy and let's assume that it's more of a full fledged product line, like hats, shirts, pants. And and so not Civitas at all, but more if, if you were working with a freelancer. And I'm curious about how you, extend lifetime value and how you might approach a brand that wants to improve retention, repeat orders, and they have a, a good list and some budget. Yeah. How do you approach that problem? Sure.
1: So for me, I have to, as the marketer, the freelancer for hire, it's my responsibility to ask and communicate and get all these details and work through it with the client of are you willing to pay for repeat customers some folks are dead set on never spending another advertising dollar on a current customer because then that like actually messes up your costs and your your cac and ltv like overtime whatever because then it's not truly you just paid for the first purchase so i have to like, make sure they're okay with actually spending money on remarketing to their current customers So if they're cool with that, then it's one tactic that is quite common and like effectiveness varies by client, but quite common is the like selfie thank you from the founder video. Hey, thanks so much for being a customer. really appreciate it. Here's $15 off your next order. Like use this code or whatever. So you would just your audience is your past customers, whether it's that's through the pixel or through a customer list, there's multiple ways to do that. But that's just one like quick tactic that people, if you spend a few dollars, I'm not saying anything outrageous, a few dollars a day to remarket to your past customers, you would be surprised on the like return. This is for one brand. They've seen 10 to 20 times return on that remarketing ad spend. So, On prospecting and retargeting to actually acquire customers, they're in that two to four range. But on remarketing to past customers to come back and buy again, because they don't have a full focus on their email and like text programs, they need that remarketing budget, that ten to twenty x ROAS. So I'm like, I can justify spending five bucks a day for that smaller brand, right? So because they're gonna lose them, their email and their like text is not built out. So, and that's not, they're not paying me to do that. So that five bucks a day goes a long way.
0: My last question, Matt, is what marketing do you like right now? What e-commerce brand of any vertical do you think that's doing an amazing job in marketing right now? Oh,
1: this is a good question. I i haven't bought and I'm, I haven't bought and I probably won't buy from them, but i like, so it's kind of weird, right? But I like what judy is doing the sure. like disaster preparedness kits in the, that sort of thing it's really unique their branding is just really different on their site i got i got retargeted for five or seven days so they're not i guess they found out if they don't buy in that window then it's not worth continuing to retarget beyond that but just i just don't have an i don't want a disaster preparedness survival kit and that's not to say that their ads or their product isn't good. I just I'm not that person. But that's always really a good one. I like what Black Wolf Nation, I believe, is doing. It's like what do they do? Their men's skincare, they recently raised a decent round, a couple million pretty recently. So their their ads are pretty cool. And he he's pretty transparent and cool on Twitter and shares like his ad. And then a few months later other brands are in the space are trying to copy his ads. Sure, so it's like that's, that's when you know things are working when people are trying to copy your stuff. So those are two that come to mind, but I could, I'm sure there's many more out there that are doing great. I just not thinking of too many off the top of my head.
0: So where can we learn more about Civitas and follow you on Twitter?
1: Yeah. So shopcivitas.com. Uh, by the time this podcast comes out, the site will be live. And you can follow me on Twitter at MattLadyDigital and while, so give me a shout there, or while you're shopping on Civitas, you can use podcast15 as the discount code for listening to this podcast, Podcast podcast15, and that will be good for a few weeks. So go try a t-shirt out and let me know how you like it.
0: Matt, lady, Civitas, thank you so much for sharing everything and offering so much value and insight.
1: Yeah. Awesome. Thanks so much. and really appreciate your time.
0: And that's the episode for today. Thanks so much for listening all the way to the end. We love you for it. If you found anything valuable at all or want to share your feedback, please leave us a review on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. And you can also just drop us a line. Hello at cartoverflow.com. We'd love to hear your feedback or suggestions so we can cover it in a future episode. All right. See you next time.